Hello. Hi, everybody. This is an update and corrections episode, uh, but we recorded this a couple weeks ago yeah. uh, before a lot went down in the world. And yeah. We just wanted to record an extra little update to our updates. <laughs> so we recorded this three days before the that's murder right. of George Floyd. Yeah. So that's why you won't hear reference to that in this episode. Boy, when we were recording this, I thought nothing would eclipse coronavirus. Yeah. Oh, the world is so topsy-turvy. <laughs> but it did. So. I know both of us have been just gutted. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, it's nothing compared to. Right. Black people in this country. Right. Yeah. And if we feel um, that way. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine how black people feel. Um, yeah. So what can two white hosts say about this? I don't even know. Um, I guess uh, one thing I'd suggest for people who are thinking about these issues and who are uh, white and privileged like me mm-hmm. is to try out Project Implicit at Harvard. Hmm. So that's at implicit.harvard.edu. It's a project they've been doing for a while where they help you identify your own inherent biases. Don't want to give away the game per se, but basically you play a game and then it shows you the ways in which your subconscious loads you toward having these biases toward people who don't look like you or live like you or seem like you for whatever reason. You hear about studies like that, so it's cool that they have a way to go interact with that. I will yeah, do that. It's cool. And and once you you might even think as you're listening to this, well, Carrie, you're giving it away and now I'll be able to game it. That's the thing. You can't even game it. Like, I know <laughs> what it's trying to do and I still can't stop it. Amazing. Like, yeah. So I think the lesson is like, we all carry these very shitty subconsciouses around <laughs> that, mm-hmm. that evolution gave us and they, they're they not as pretty people <laughs> as our bigger, higher brains. Mm. And we've all got them. So, I mean, it's about whether you educate yourself and try to overrule these sort of base instincts. But yeah. it sucks. Yeah, yeah, it does. And education is key because we can retrain our gut responses to things. And so now is a great time to be reading books by black yeah, authors and, sure. and about uh, issues of social justice and racial equity. Uh, it's a great time to watch movies. It's a great time to listen to podcasts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the podcast on Max Fun that are hosted by Black Hosts. Minority Corner. Yeah, culture and news podcast. They're, they're covering all, all the news coming out uh, in, in really relevant ways. So check that out. Yeah, there's Heat Rocks, which is a music review show. Who Shot Yeah, which nice. is a movie podcast. Uh, my friend Ify co-hosts that one. And uh, a new one called Fanti, which is a, our listeners will love this, it's a portmanteau of fan and anti. <laughs> so they look at, they're two. Oh, that's right. Yeah. They, they were on the Judge John Hodgman show. Oh, okay. They were debating whether or not to uh, cover the Kardashians <laughs> in an episode. <laughs> That's great. And, uh, Judge John Hodgman, for those of you who have access to the bonus content, not only will you hear our dispute, uh, but also- Which uh, you can skip past that. You'll, you'll hear his uh, excellent ruling on that case. Hmm. I don't know that he gives excellent rulings. <laughs> <laughs> but they look at pop culture. They're two black journalists, and they look at pop culture from sort of a, a nuanced perspective of like, every piece of art is going to have pro and con, and how do we kind of deal with that? Also- I don't know. I yeah, I he- hear this question a lot like, but what do I do? And obviously there are a lot of different ways to like mm-hmm. deal with this problem. I think one way that we don't talk about enough and like we kind of, I don't know, we have some weird 
a virgins talking about it in our culture, but like just give your money away mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're yeah. if you're privileged in in the financial realm, like a other people bit. aren't, and that's yeah, even a little bit, yeah. like. That's such a clear and easy way to begin to level the playing field. Yeah, uh, like a, cu- a couple that I'll just recommend. Uh, one is the Equal Justice Initiative. If you haven't seen or read the book, uh, Just Mercy. Mm. Uh, by the way, the, the film is now available for free for the month of June on all streaming platforms, which is really cool that uh, Warner Brothers did that, or almost all of the streaming platforms. Anyways, uh, give to the work that Brian Stevenson and all of them are doing. And and also uh, another one is Campaign Zero, mm-hmm. and they're looking at data. I, I love data-driven policy, and they're looking at data of different police departments and what actually moves the needle on reducing violence against black people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so they have kind of like eight main policies that have really shown to reduce violence by up to like 72%. And uh, anyways, that's another good cause, Campaign Zero. Yeah, I uh, I supported them myself this week. I think there's like, there's some discussion about that charity and what's the best way to attack all these things. And we're not policy experts. So I mm. couldn't tell you, but, uh, you know, I like that all these different approaches are coming into the conversation, you know, some with sort of more radical agendas and some with more moderate agendas. Like yeah. we need all those all those people in the conversation. Um, today, I just gave to UNCF, which we used to call the United Negro College Fund, but mm-hmm. changed its name to UNCF. Because I was thinking today, I was like, what are the ways in which I feel particularly privileged in a really obvious mm-hmm. way? I'm sure there are lots of invisible ways that I don't even think about. But the thing I feel most privileged by is my education. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay, who who's giving education to disadvantaged people. I like that. Yeah. Kind of wherever your particular interests lie, there is something to match that. And Mm -hmm. um, yeah, those are just uh, the tiny tip of the iceberg. You know, there's the NAACP, there's the ACLU, there's all these really good uh, causes and groups you can give to big and small. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's an excellent way to uh, do something. Yeah. There's protests going on, you know, show up, protest, be heard. Yeah. Anyway, here's a podcast update about, you know, homeopathy and shit. We hope you like it. (laughs) All right. Yeah. Back to our updates and corrections (laughs) episode. Hello and welcome to Oh No, Ross and Carrie, the show where we don't just report on fringe science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal, but... Take part ourselves. Yep, when they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Carrie Poppy. And I'm Ross Blotcher. And this is a little updates and corrections episode. Yeah. We've been meaning to do that for a long time because it's been a while since we've... Been wrong. We've updated ourselves and corrected ourselves. Well, you know, we do that off and on anyway. So we've released lots of little mini corrections along the way because whenever relevant and not too off topic, we like to let Mm -hmm. you know when we've messed up said things wrong or just update everybody right because there's all these fun little things that continually happen after our investigations they never fully leave us yeah we are left with newsletters we are left with (laughs) new pen pals and correspondence video obsessions right yeah new subscriptions to youtube channels that's kind of the danger of the show in our format is we cover so many topics and we try to stay kind of tapped into all of them that's a 10 on the danger rating is yeah that's true stuck in a youtube rabbit hole all of those danger ratings from all the investigations just add them up you'll probably notice when we get to 
corrections that a lot of these corrections are like, when did they ever even talk about that? Right. I don't remember that. It's not important to me. Well, it was important to someone who emailed <laughs> us. A lot of the times it'll be something that we sort of tangented, tangential That's into. That's the most dangerous territory when, yeah, you know, I remember hearing about this thing, blah, blah, blah. It, well, anyway, moving on. Right. That's when I get things wrong. Yep. Then when we hear about them. But this is good. We want to know when we're wrong. There's nothing wrong with being wrong. We're always going to be wrong. Everybody's mm-hmm. wrong about things all the time. And the, the way you find out is to, to get them right and change. You know, sometimes people write and say, well, you got this thing wrong. And here you are, you know, mm-hmm. getting mad at other people for getting things wrong. Yeah, th- that's fine. People get things wrong. There's a difference when you're making a claim that's part of your business, your mm-hmm. job, your profession, and you're promoting wrong ideas. And there's also another thing where, you know, you learn and you stop saying things and say, mm-hmm. oh, sorry, oops, I was wrong about that. I won't get that wrong again. I think how central is that thing to your point, the theme of whatever you're doing? Right. That matters quite a bit. Say, 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 say. Your whole thing is that you're the world's most supported medical medium. Uh-huh. Most supported, most backed by the scientific establishment. I don't know. Maybe you should know what a double-blind study is. It's that whole maxim of uh, extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. There's kind of a similar scale there where there's a level of importance to Mm -hmm. the thing you're saying. Yeah. And how much rides on you getting it correct. Anyways... We want to clear the air when we get things wrong. And mostly people write in very nicely. Yes, that's true. And we really appreciate that. All right. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) first update and or correction. So we cured COVID. That's what my notes say. (laughs) Okay. So this is in relation to our recent homeopathy for COVID-19 class that we took. Yeah. So we offhandedly asked what hydrotherapy is because she kind of went quickly past that, I guess, in a slide. And we were like, what's Mm -hmm. that? Is that just curing things with water? Is that drinking water? What is that? We couldn't be bothered. Yeah, <laughs> there was, I mean, so much flies by you in that class, it's wild. Yeah. But a few people wrote in or tweeted to let us know what it is, so we were right. It's using water for pretty much anything. It's a big catch-all term for some things of varying levels of repute. Yeah, so that's one of the problems, is that it's so widely applied that I was looking up studies about, like, okay, hydrotherapy, is it real? Does it work? They were including things like using an ice pack you know, like on a sprained ankle. As an example of As water an example therapy? Of hydrotherapy. Hydrotherapy, they're like, okay. They're like, that works. It's like, well, yeah, yeah, agree. It's funny, the thing that comes to my mind is Charles Darwin had a water cure that he mm. was really into. For and- thirst. <laughs> a good cure for thirst is to drink water. Yes, very good, Charles Darwin. I didn't find out about this until I saw the 2009 film Creation with oh, right. Paul Bettany playing Charles Darwin. And there was this whole scene where he takes his daughter to this practitioner and they dump just tons of water on him. And I'm watching the movie thinking like, he didn't do that. That's crazy. (laughs) Turns out he did. He had this series of terrible complaints of all kinds of things going wrong with his body. He was vomiting. He had nausea. He had, I think, headaches and eczema and just everything was wrong (laughs) with Charles Darwin. Poor Mm -hmm. guy. And people now think it was maybe some problem with his autonomic uh, nervous system. That's like the system that kind of runs all of your unconscious 
uh-huh. functionings of your body. So anyways, poor guy who was miserable all the time. Hmm. And so he would have like water dumped on him. And oh. yeah, and he had a doctor trying out homeopathy on him. And he didn't buy into that so much. Okay. Good job, Charles Darwin, because it was pretty new at the time. Anyways, that's what I think of when I think of water therapy. You were saying. <laughs> well, we've also, of course, heard it applied to colonic hydrotherapy, which is right. shooting water up your butt for various reasons. And, and that's I, definitely on the less supported by the evidence end of the spectrum. And I guess homeopathy itself is a form of hydrotherapy. Yeah, totally. If you think in the water it got this amazing power to heal you because it has a memory. Speaking of which, someone pointed out very aptly that really more than water or even alcohol, you're talking about the memory of sugar pills. Uh-huh. Because essentially they're taking that water that we've talked about all the difficulty that goes into succussing it and all of that. And they're just putting a drop of it on the sugar pill. And that's supposed to be the storage medium to hold all this. Oh, right. So really sugar has a memory. Touche. There you go. So about shocking Tali Siberia. Oh, this is a big one. My very best friend. A lot of updates here. Boy. Okay. Well. She did not like the episode. She didn't like it while she was in it. <laughs> And then she gave him to love it, and now she's a big fan of the show. Hi, Shakuntali. Yes. No, that's not true. So immediately, she set about online to subterfuge the episode and our podcast and all of these efforts that we make. So here's what done happened. First of all, listener Mike saw the plank she was walking across in the famous Walking on Water video. I can't believe I didn't actually bother to look. I guess my subconsciously, I was like, they didn't leave the plank visually in. Who would be so sloppy and lazy? I wasn't looking for it either. But yeah, there's this video (laughs) of her miraculously walking on water on YouTube. And very cleverly, whoever was editing this together, at least distracted from the moment where you can see the board that she is walking on that is just under the surface of the water. Because as it goes back towards the shore, that's when you see it crest above the Mm -hmm. water. So it's right behind her. And instead of, you know, using mocha and editing it out or something like that, instead they put this big flourish of light that kind of shined on Shakuntali and then moved screen left, Mm -hmm. hopefully to distract you for just the two or three seconds that the board is visible. Why not just cut that out? Don't use that POV. If you don't know how to match move and erase a board, at least just cut it out. That means someone shooting the video knew. So there are more people in on this gimmick. Oh, yeah. Layers of dishonesty. Yeah, indeed. Well, listener Mike thought to actually look and see if he could see the board, whereas I was just like, there's no way. I know. And then both Um, of us felt guilty, like, oh, why (laughs) did we not actively look for the board that we assumed was there? Right. You can see her walking the way you would walk trying to balance on a balance beam. So that was enough for me. Right around the 55 second mark in the video. So we posted about this. You posted Mike's screenshot where he circles the board. I actually did send that screenshot to Alice, Shakuntali's assistant, and was like, hey, you deserve to know this. Yeah, here's a lie. Look yeah. at it. <laughs> yeah, and she said she does walk on water. I've seen it myself. I was like, okay, but that, that doesn't address this. So anyway, we had a back and forth that was civil, but a little heated. Okay. Then... Shakuntali took down that video or at least made it private. Right. So nobody could see it for a while. Right. Then reinstated it. As an unlisted video. Okay. So if you still have it in your browser cache, as I do, Uh yes, you can still get there. But if you search on YouTube for Shakuntali water, it won't show up. And then on that video and another one where she had very not so subtly referred to 
the people who are trying to be naysayers and critics of her needing forgiveness for these terrible people, which sounded like it might be talking about Carrie in this podcast. Enough people saw that and downvoted it, like disliked it, hit the thumbs down, where those thumbs downs were outnumbering the thumbs up by quite a bit. She disabled that just so you couldn't see how many likes or dislikes those videos had had. She doesn't allow comments anyway, but it seems very our show's fans anyway to be like, I'm not going to say something mean, but thumbs down. (laughs) Right. Which, you know, that's fine by me. Yeah. But yeah, then where did she go? So then she went to Facebook and saw that we had a variety of pictures that were sort of supporting documentation Mm -hmm. for the interview. And one was pictures of her trifold, which I got free at the Conscious Life Expo. Being from, passed out to everybody. <laughs> from one of her followers. Made by her. It does have some untruths printed on it, such mm-hmm. as that she has a PhD, some HIV curing adjacent claims. So I'd taken pictures of this and put it on our Facebook. So she submitted what's called a DMCA takedown, Digital Millennium Copyright Act takedown. Mm-hmm. And social media companies take this very seriously. When you file one of those claims, you are saying, I am legally the author of this content. It is being improperly used by X podcast or Carrie. And so I am telling you, Facebook, to remove it. Yeah. And Facebook automatically does that. It just takes that at face value. At face value. They don't research it. They don't look at it. There's no human involved. It's just immediate takedown. And then you can try to appeal the decision and that may or may not work. Kind of worked in our case. Mm -hmm. Anyway, this was a cruddy thing to do. I believe that was a fair use use, which means that we were using it to support reporting work. Mm -hmm. It doesn't affect her market value. This is one of the things with fair use. One of the questions is, well, did the critics use affect your market value in some way other than they were criticizing you. Mm -hmm. If I printed her entire book somewhere, well, now you can just get it on my website and not pay her the $13 for her Kindle. Right. That's the sort of thing that's meant to be an exception to fair use. Here, it's like... Yeah, uh, you're not cutting out the bottom of the market on her free pamphlet that she hands out. (laughs) Right. And anybody who looks at that and goes, oh, huh, something screwy, is saying something screwy about what she wrote in her pamphlet, not our posting it. Anyway, (laughs) so we fought this. Those photos are still gone. You and our lawyer, Matthew Strugar, wrote a a very impassioned and fact-filled response to those takedown requests, and Facebook just sent an automated response saying, nope, this isn't how we do things. Yeah. Instead, the system requires the person who filed to write back with the email they use to register this complaint and say, you know what, actually... uh, I changed my mind, they can use it. Right, but that doesn't help in the situation with Shakuntali's likely other takedown notices. So then we started getting DMCA takedown notices for very old photos from very old episodes. So she just went through old... We don't know, it was her. We have... A fair suspicion. That, yeah. But yeah, that's true. We do not know for sure. But you know, right after those takedowns, we got other takedown requests for older images that were ascribed to email addresses that sounded kind of like the actual copyright holders, but weren't. And in one case, it was the Handsomizer logo. The Handsomizer is the hairstyling business of our good friend Stephen Mason mm-hmm. of Jars of Clay fame. 
And he had been on our show. He's a friend of ours. And so this had been taken down. And instead of the email address being Handsome Miser, it was Handsome Miser. <laughs> Two Z's. Like, okay, so what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to negotiate with this fake address to, right. to get your content returned. And we did check with Stephen. He was like, nope, not me. Yeah, I didn't do that. And then there was another piece of artwork from our amazing facts investigation. From like 2017 or something. So both of those were things that I had uploaded. And Facebook decided not only to remove those instantly, but then to ban me from Facebook. Finally. Yeah. So. The, the ugliest voice on Facebook is finally gone. <laughs> so for three days, I had no Facebook access to comment or like or post or anything. Super irritating. And so I responded to Facebook. Long story. Anyways, they kind of responded with their auto responder. No, sorry, we're not putting the content back. I angrily replied again and they put the content back that did not reduce my facebook jail sentence <laughs> anyways good fun the other piece of this was that most likely it looks like shakuntali or her followers created four fake facebook profiles and they were brand new as of mm. the time we'd published the episode to go onto our various posts on Facebook and comment, uh, oh, I don't understand. I thought she was wonderful. <laughs> and I pointedly asked a couple times on those in response, asking as a real question, are you Shakuntali or someone who is writing on her, her behalf? Yeah, mm -hmm. those weren't responded to. One of them, I was doing reverse image searches on the uh, profile images. One of them was an image from a Ukrainian dating website. Oh, no. <laughs> and so I said, either uh, this is not your name or somebody has stolen your photo for a Ukrainian dating website. And or I, you're on a Ukrainian dating website. Yeah. And so I linked to that and that profile got deleted oh. pretty quickly. Hmm, interesting. So yeah, Shuck and Holly yeah. creating all kinds of trouble. Uh, perhaps. Perhaps. <laughs> yeah, I did uh, let Alice know, and this is true, that it's not legal to impersonate someone else online. And then she did not write back since then. And there's even more than that, but we'll tell you later. More in progress. Well, about our Republican dude. Oh, yeah. So oh, you, boy. You remember also at the Conscious Life Expo? This was when we didn't even personally meet him or go to one of his talks, but we found his little postcard where he was searching for his Republican goddess. And we took the survey at myrepublicangoddess.com. You may remember it. It's good fun. I lazily and half-jokingly said... I want to talk to this guy. Someone figure out what his name is and email me. I can't be bothered. <laughs> and like 10 of you probably we did. Got, we got a lot of excellent sleuths amongst our listeners. So we do know his real name now. I would discourage anyone from being in contact with this fellow. He, yes. Yeah. There is some documentation indicating that he had a lot of troubling personal stories and legal issues and... That he was uh, stalking a woman, or at least she had uh, multiple restraining orders against him. Yeah, and some stuff written by him about those incidents that don't make me feel better about those incidents. You know, thank you, everybody. You did the right thing. You were being very nice, but I think uh, we can let that train we, leave the station. We know everything we need to know about him now, but he's a fascinating character. There are many layers to this guy, and he's been involved in a number of kind of like spiritual pursuits and little business pursuits. And one thing that he had done was he had written a book about prostitution. Oh, yes. I gave a copy of this on Kindle to Drew as a gift. Oh. <laughs> hey, babe, have you read that prostitution book yet? <laughs> That book I sent you, the Kindle about prostitution, you read that yet? <laughs> From the Republican goddess guy. 
Okay. <laughs> That's fair. Thank you, hon. I'm 35% of the way through the book because thank you to listener Katie Katsikas. I have a copy that she gifted me on Kindle. Kara oh. <laughs> like did not understand. I was saying, no, I'm reading this book about prostitution. <laughs> Remember that guy? We were talking about him. He wrote this. He's like telling us why it's good. Why are you reading it? For irony, I don't know, for the podcast. <laughs> Someone sent it to me. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Katie Katsikas and I keeping this man in business. Right, yeah. At least it was only like four bucks on Kindle. But he had written this as part one. It was going to be a mm. five-part opus. Oh, De- never say that from the beginning. Deconstructing all of the uh, social mores against prostitution. And I'll just show you one of his diagrams. Great. And we're using the word prostitution here because that's the word he uses, though, of course, people in the industry tend to say sex work. Yes. Oh, no. He very thoroughly describes why he's using the word prostitution and why why it's a good thing and a sacred thing. And he's very thankful to all the prostitutes that have received his money and given him sex. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, But Carrie is looking at this. Flowchart? What would you call this? Yeah. No, flowchart's right. It's a bunch of like bubbleoid shapes that are connected and he's numbered, I think it's 43 counter arguments against prostitution. And one by one, he goes through and he, mm. you know, he proves them invalid. But I don't understand what the flow is to that flow chart yeah. because they're numbered, but sometimes one, two, and three are right next to each other. But then you have to jump halfway around the diagram to get to four and it's not connected in any logical. Uh-huh. So I'm not sure where the numbering came from, except I guess that was the order he wanted to confront these myths. It's written just like his dating website, and it's it's terrible because he just like sets up what he's going to say, and then he says it, and then he impacts. And this is uh-huh. what I just said, and I proved to you what I said I would say. And you know, <laughs> it's like an episode of Destinos. I don't know what that is. Oh, it's a telenovela meant to teach you Spanish. Oh. And they go like, "This is what will happen in this episode." Now it's happening. Do you remember what happened in the episode? <laughs> Yeah, but even more didactic and annoying. Anyways, yeah, he says all kinds of things about how men need sex and women shouldn't be withholding it from them. Oh, no. I was with you for a second. It's very uncomfortable. Yeah, no problem with voluntary sex work, but uh, yeah, yeah, you can make some bizarre claims around there if you want. That's a good point. He does make a lot of good arguments because there are many good arguments for responsible sex work. And, you know, that's what he's calling for. So I'm getting a little more sympathy for the guy as I read his story. (laughs) Okay, cool. So anyway, he means well. Ross is best friends with him now. If you follow me on Goodreads, you can find my review of that book, which I probably will have finished by the time this comes out. I write long, ridiculously long reviews of every book I read. I write mostly very short reviews of the books I read, but sometimes full reviews. Nice. Yeah. Mostly I just say like, good, <laughs> not good, <laughs> dumb. <laughs> How about them, David John Oates? David How John about them Oates? Oates. Yes, that's our reverse speech guy, you may remember. So he continues to have the wildest Facebook presence. Nice. His Facebook is surprisingly a little bit hostile, I think. I think he must have a few people he's friends with who kind of second guess his posts. Oh, so he's always on the defensive? He's always on the defensive and often preemptively defensive. So he'll post something and be like, and if you don't agree, just like, why are you even here? Jeez, okay, I wasn't disagreeing yet. (laughs) Okay. We'd given some updates before about him being very pro-Trump. Mm-hmm. That appears to still be the case. 
So he has been hearing reversals about war recently, and he suspects... Oh, what is it good for? (laughs) It's good for coming in August. So he suspects that come August 2020, the U.S. is having a war with China. Not a bad guess. Sure, sure. August is specific, but... I mean, it just seems like the sort of random thing that Trump would do just to sow chaos right before the election. Yeah. Well, you can't elect somebody new. We're in a war now. Right. You started it. Why did you start it? I don't think we're leading towards that, but yeah, it's not the most far-fetched thing I've ever heard. Sure. David John has said he's not confident about this. He several times said, now I'll be the first to admit I may be totally wrong. I'm not saying that I have total faith in this. I'm but- just saying I get 100% credit <laughs> if it happens. Yep. And I've got a nice little exit path if it doesn't. Yeah. So let's see. He said... I've found my fourth reversal now on a client about war coming. This one said, battle wanting USA. Previous ones were, war comes, it's sudden. USA, sudden. Yeah, USA, sudden. All right. And I can't remember the other one. (laughs) (laughs) That's what he said. Okay. And they all point to August. Now, I'm the first to admit this could mean absolutely nothing, but I'm getting ready just in case I suggest others do the same. How does he know they point toward August? I guess from the various tapes. I don't know. Okay. So at first when he posted about this, he just said he believed a war was coming. He didn't say when or with whom. And so I commented and said, oh, interesting. Do you have any idea of when? And then he replied and he said, I have posted about this many times. Yeah, Carrie. Okay. Uh, My apologies. Could you direct me to that book? So that's an example of fun. Unnecessarily hostile. All right, cool. Good old David John Oates. Yep. And he said, it's just his personal opinion, but I reckon it will be between America and China. Personally, I think it's already started. Oh, okay. Huh. Not sure what that means. All right. Linda Moulton Howe. Linda Moulton Howe. Okay. So we assumed that after Carrie told us about her sting and Linda hadn't responded for months, that maybe she just kind of figured out, oh, okay, I see what the on-rack thing is. I'll stop responding about this whole dog theory. Right. You'd think that. You'd think that. But she is still emailing me and asking me for, like, verification of my credentials and more information about this story. I was like, what? When I got the email, I couldn't believe it. This is why you don't lie. You have to follow it up with a bunch of other little lies. I I am now Father Yod. I'm like, go away. I didn't mean to do this. <laughs> Please stop. Oh, no. So, uh, yeah, Linda wants clarifying details about Carrie's inside scoop on uh, how canines are the most advanced intelligence. Most advanced, most compassionate, most perfect, mm-hmm, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So I need to write her a real heartfelt come to Jesus email. Yeah, Linda. 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 Google yourself every once in a while. (laughs) Little update on the Dylan Lewis Monroe front. I had mentioned QAnon, and I think I said that Q had posted on Reddit. That is incorrect. Mm -mm. Uh, Q had started on 4chan on the Paul board, P-O-L. So Angela Kinsler wrote in and said that that was where he started. Ostensibly, the thread's supposed to be about news and politics, but in reality is a hive of neo-Nazis and reactionaries. And they were even banned there. And so then Q moved to 8chan. I didn't even know there was an 8chan. Mm-hmm. So um, essentially, the, the message here is I got my hives of scum and villainy on the internet crossed. But we have very nice people on the Onoros and Carrie Reddit, so we're not talking about you. <laughs> Reddit's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think you solved a mystery. Did I? I think Angela Kinstler is Q. 
Ah. How about Kimberly Meredith, the medical medium I interviewed? Uh, no, yeah. You know, compared to Shakuntala, she seems practically content. Oh, yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> She's happy with her life. Yeah. So she's still tweeting a lot of like vague stuff about truth and checking and knowing the truth. A lot of hashtags that are vaguely about the truth. Cool, Kimberly. Keep looking for the truth. So here's one from yesterday. The truth is incontrovertible. Malice may attack it. Ignorance may deride it. But in the end, there it is. Truth is the property of no individual, but it is the treasure of all men. (laughs) Hashtag Kimberly Meredith. Hashtag facts matter. Hashtag truth matters. Hashtag love is love. Hashtag God rules. Hashtag free speech. I was snorting not at the quote itself, but just the string of hashtags I saw on this uh, Google Doc we're sharing. That's amazing. Okay. I'm going to start hashtagging Carrie Poppy after all my tweets. Oh, yeah. She's hashtagging herself. Her own name. Okay. It's like when your 60-year-old aunt sends you a text and signs it. Right. And she said you'd be hearing from her lawyer? Yes, I have not heard from her lawyer. Okay. Unless her lawyer is Angela Kinstler, also known as Q, in which case we have heard from her, but not about that. (laughs) Little update from our interview with Nick Little from CFI. We were talking about some of the pending court cases against CVS and Walmart in regards to homeopathy. So you have a little update? Yeah, mm -hmm. I see see Mm -hmm. what you did in there. So when we were talking to him, one of those little asides was that we were talking about Scientology And I think I mentioned it being banned in Germany. We heard from a few people after that. It is not banned in Germany. There is Scientology in Germany, but they're not allowed to call themselves a church. And the government keeps them on a watch list with, you know, neo-Nazis and anarchist groups. Whoa. I did not write the source on that, but thank you to whoever wrote that to me. I was trying to look into this and just figure out, okay, what is Scientology status in different countries? And there was kind of a good Wikipedia doc tracking a lot of this really complicated machination all over the planet. So it's very complicated. It's it's different Mm -hmm. everywhere and various like states of acknowledgement yeah exactly so apparently greece is kind of the same where they've sort of hit back at scientology but they're not officially banned or anything like that russia came much closer to an all-out ban on scientology in 2015 Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so they've probably been like the most anti-scientology in their response Uh, chile and france consider scientology a cult Uh, israel calls it a cult but it's legal norway does not recognize it as a religious community but it is registered as a nonprofit there. Okay. Ireland has not granted Scientology charitable tax-free status. Oh, wow. But these countries do not recognize it as a religion. So at least for whatever reason, either they don't recognize religions, period, or they've said you do not qualify as a religion. That's Poland, Belgium, Brazil, Romania, the Czech Republic, Denmark, Finland, <laughs> Japan, and China. Okay. Uh, I think there's a, a few others that are kind of like iffy on their Scientology status. So very complicated. But yeah, um, yeah Scientology is fighting battles all over the place. Yeah. Boy, things really do get complicated when you try to define religion. It's it is a yeah. it is a really tough thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Because anything anything you want to say, there's always an activity or behavior that's halfway between that and what you would call illegitimate. Mm, so then mm-hmm. you look at that edge case and you say, well, it kind of looks like a religion. It kind of looks like this other thing and you define your rules there and then there exists something halfway between that and whatever Mm, you would not count a lot like trying to define species 
taxonomically. Right. It's us trying to overlay categories on top of continuums. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's what humans do. We like to organize. Yeah. And it helps you make a society. So what are you going to freaking do? Well, how about them frequency of love chimes? What is that frequency of love? 528 hertz? Yes, it is exactly 528. It is not 530, but our chime was 530, and so we sent it back. <laughs> so as y'all know, we got a 50% refund when we sent it. Actually, you know what? They said we could get 100% if we sent it back, but it needs to be in its official packaging or some silliness. <laughs> or we could keep it and they give us 50% back. So we said, fine, we'll take the 50%. Which means we still have our fork. Soul Malas was the company that sold these. And their Facebook page has a bunch of complaints. Mm-hmm. And it's not a mollusk, by the way. Uh, Soul Malas. Malas, right. M-A-L-A-S. So I had written on the Soul Malas Facebook page mm-hmm. and said, it's just sort of a short summary of my experience with the product. It wasn't the right tone. <laughs> Tried to return it. Here's how complicated that was, etc. If you want to hear more about this... I have a podcast. Here's the link. And a few people actually commented on that and said, oh, wow, thank you for doing this. Oh, wow. I listened to that and that affected my decision. <laughs> they appreciated the tone of your okay. comment. Okay. Yeah, very good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In that particular episode, we talked about the solfeggio scale. Mm-hmm. And I was already talking out my ass because I don't know anything about that stuff. But people wrote in to let us know a little bit about that system. I'm going to quote uh, listener Joel Bechtel. He said, it helps to know that solfeggio is basically an old-fashioned way of referring to the idea that notes have names. In the United States, we typically refer to notes with the letter names from A to G and with the addition of inflection, sharp and flat. Uh, So he goes on, but apparently there's no solid connection between this particular tone and the solfeggio scale. Right. And some people hasten to point out, I had read about this a little bit, I wasn't sure exactly what the connection was, but apparently in Sound of Music, when Julie Andrews is singing to everyone, do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do, that is... A great example of a solfeggio scale. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say that because I remember in high school choir, we had to do, it was called solfage. Oh. You have to do these hand motions for do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do as you're going. But do resets depending on what key you're singing in. So you have to mentally set to yourself, okay, what's do in this? Okay, now I'm singing T, now I'm singing R. And then you have to make these hand motions. I do not know why they made us do it. Wow. That doesn't seem like a very good place to start. <laughs> It's not. You should begin with ABC. (laughs) (laughs) Solfeggio. Wow. I didn't know that it had hurt you. Yeah. (laughs) Well, yes. And I don't want to talk about it again. Foot pads. Foot pads. So, you all may remember that at the end of our foot pad episode, I called the representative for this company that sold the foot pads. And he very sanguinely said, oh, yeah, we've got studies. I'll send them to you. Yeah. He did not, and I have been texting him since, I think it was October last (laughs) year, and every, like, maybe five weeks, I'd say, I'll think of it and be like, I gotta text him, so I'll text and be like, hey, so-and-so, still me, still waiting on those studies. You don't want to get on this side of Carrie, because (laughs) she'll stay on your ass. Well, he said he was going to send them, and he said, when I called, he said, this is my cell phone, so just text me if I forget. And I was like, you got it. 
<laughs> it's no problem. So yeah, okay. It looks like our first conversation was October twelfth, and I yeah I sent him a text and said the adventure continues. And said here's my email for the studies on the foot pads. Very interesting stuff. Thanks. Then a few days later, hey, were you able to locate those? Then a couple weeks later, hey, still waiting on those. B- it's foot just pad like carry studies. with the, it. Was supposed to be five hundred twenty eight hertz, but it's actually five hundred thirty. Can I get my money back, please? Yeah. Well. <laughs> Well, that's your whole business model, is that it's 528 exactly. November 3rd, hey, it's Carrie. When I called, uh, I still need those. Uh, sorry to keep bothering you. Someone going to reach out? Anyway, most recent one, May 10th. Hey, I'm the one who called seven months ago with questions about how your foot pads work. You said you'd send me some studies about their efficacy, but I never heard back. Who can I talk to for that? He's researching getting a new number. <laughs> He has not replied one time. Rude. Rude. Oh, I'm sorry to think he's ignoring me. <laughs> he just needs a couple more reminders. Okay. Text, 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 text. We had an episode a while back about our migraines and eczema. So uh, I think I mentioned in that one about my Botox shots help. Yeah. Yeah. They help. Well, I think more recently you've told us about that. Okay. Well, then ding, 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 update. So I now get these Botox preventative migraine shots from my neurologist. My neurologist gives them to me once every three months, and they're very effective. They're That's great. great. The only thing is they last for two months, and then you have to wait an additional third month so that you don't develop a tolerance to the botulism toxin. Mm. Oh, okay, yeah. So as a result, that third month is awful. Oh, so your body develops a resistance like it does to Iocane powder, essentially? I don't know. What's that? (laughs) In The Princess Bride, it doesn't matter which glass of wine he drinks because he's developed a resistance to Iocane powder. Uh, Smart of him. I'm uh, currently listening to Carrie Elwes read about the making of The Princess Bride. There's an audio book. Ah, nice. I'm very happy about this. I'm one of those people who's like, The Princess Bride's fine. Saw it one time never need to again okay but maybe i will again because it's been i think it was like 15 that's better than my co-worker jessica Mm -hmm. who had never heard oh right of the princess but she's like 14 or something (laughs) yeah yeah 24 whatever okay but then she watched it and did not like it Mm, it's possible i'm sorry that is not acceptable (laughs) anyways moving on for my eczema i'd mentioned that i did a clinical trial Yeah. So I went off my usual meds, my topical treatments for my foot, and I took tredipitant, which was an experimental drug, but it was experimental long enough that it was, I think, in its stage three. I think I was part of the stage three trials. So yeah, they had me take it or a placebo for months, and I kept detailed records, which is what I do, took daily pills, and it's tough to say. I feel like I may have had the placebo because I wasn't noting any great improvement, or it would be good for a while like it does, but then it would get really bad again. So Mm. so for that time, I was taking the pills, and I would show up every couple weeks, and they would take fresh photos and give me a new new bottle. Yeah, it, it at least didn't miraculously make my eczema melt away. Though the stated intent of it was to be more of an antihistamine to keep me from feeling itchy and scratchy, okay. making things worse, again, with kind of mixed results. So okay. now I'm back to my regular meds, which, if I use them regularly, are reliable nice. way to clear up the eczema. But I don't use them as reliably as I should, and right now my foot is angry. And where do you want people to send you suggestions about different things you could use on your foot? Those emails can go to thank you for the thought. It's the thought that counts at gmail.com. <laughs> uh, okay. Right brain therapy. 
Oh, yeah. Okay, our friend Jerry (laughs) Mungadze. Yeah, we talked about this at one of our Texas live shows that would have been Austin. And I think we mentioned later that they sort of threatened to sue us. Yeah, we had kind of a similar situation where Jerry's wife had reached out and said, you need to take down your Facebook photos. Right. And this is not acceptable and it's full of falsehoods and uh, you'll be hearing from our lawyer. And we said, okay, well, uh, here's our lawyer and how to contact him and let us know if there are any particular falsehoods. Yeah. Happy to let you clear this up. We never heard back again. Yeah. So there's that. Good thing she didn't give you her cell phone number or you'd be texting her. Well, if she told me that I should text her and follow up, yes, I would. (laughs) I would say, you told me to follow up, I'm following up. (laughs) Shree Harold Klemp, (laughs) the living Eckmaster. It's so funny because it's just a funny sound, Klemp. Yeah, for sure. So he's the living Eckmaster, as we all know. And for anybody who hasn't heard that series, he's the living leader of this religion. Right. And it's like a step above even, say, a Pope-like figure because he is the Mahanta. He's this guiding spirit. He is the counselor. He's the one that sees you in your dreams and gives you wisdom and comfort, and he's always with you. Yeah, he's supposed to literally meet you during your sleep time. Their scriptures refer to him as a god-man. Yeah, intense. And yet, Sri Harald is just the most nondescript little person who just sort of talks like this and has little tiny bits of wisdom. Like one time a lady wrote a letter and 12 years later, the letter came back to her and and she realized I'm the wise one. And perhaps he'll tell you a little story about when he was just at the grocery store last week and a woman helped him get some bananas and And it was very nice. He realized the banana is a perfect (laughs) symbol of life because you never know what will appeal to you. <laughs> chuckle, uh, chuckle, 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 chuckle. Yeah, uh, Shree Harold. So he has released a special 10 minute message about COVID. Oh, yeah, I listened to this while taking a shower today. Okay, cool. So apparently, he and his wife live in an assisted living facility now. Yeah, he was describing it as a rest home. Mm-hmm. And I would just imagine being the ecclesiastical leader slash God man that there would be sort of a dedicated detail of Ekinkar people to take care of him. But I'm, I'm kind of glad to hear that he's at an assisted living home if that's what he needs. Yeah, and I wonder if maybe there are a lot of Ekinkar people there. Because mm, mm-hmm. he was saying their names as if like we, the listener, would have context for those names. For it wasn't Judy. like Yeah, it wasn't like, and my nurse, Judy, it was like, and Judy said blah, blah, blah. And I mm. felt like I was supposed to know who that was. Oh, maybe. So got to say this for Shri Harold, although his message is not terribly exciting it's just basically like you gotta wash the doorknobs and you gotta wash your hands and please stand six feet away from people for god's sake i was looking around and they're not always consistent about cleaning things so i get up at night and i wipe off the door so he clearly believes this is a virus believes it's a dangerous virus believes that he being in a at an advanced age is particularly susceptible mm-hmm. uh, it was a very realistic little message i will say at the very end he said there was this huge pause yeah in the i thought last oh that's weird they sentence. ended this mid sentence yeah he said until we see each other again <laughs> i love you And it actually gave me a little bit of like premonitory butterflies where I was like, 
oh, that's the last I'm going to hear from you. Oh, yeah. We mentioned the last time we saw him that he wasn't doing too hot. Yeah. He looked like he wasn't recovering well from whatever had kind of changed his health situation. Doesn't sound like he's getting too much better. So like David John Oates, I will now say, I have no confidence in this and I hope I'm wrong. But also if I'm right... Please talk about how right I am if we don't hear from Shree Harold again. Yes. But I hope I'm wrong. And by the way, I still haven't seen Shree Harold in my dreams. Oh, man. I have been trying. You still have his portrait? It's not by my bed now. Now it's in the living room, but I still see it every day. I'm looking at it right now. You know, it's so funny. The other day I flipped over my pillow, and I guess I hadn't done this for months because I flipped it over and I laid my head back down and I felt like something kind of crinkly. Under the pillow, I was like, what? What is this? And so I reach into the pillowcase, and there's a little thing that looks like it came from a voodoo shop. And it's a a little ball, like a wrapped cloth around a lump of something. And it's saying, this will help with your astral travel. Oh, I gave you that. Yeah, okay. I figured, oh, Carrie must have given this to me at some point, and I forgot. It must have been, I don't know, what, half a year ago or something? Oh, longer. So I'm pretty sure I got that at the New Orleans Voodoo Museum in 2017. (laughs) Okay, so it's been in my pillow this whole time, and I totally forgot it was there, which is a great test. Oh, yeah. Of whether it works. And as far as I I can tell I have not had more astral travel. Ah, shit. Have you had any astral travel? No, not really. No. Not since our astral travel. Yeah, I think there was maybe one instance where I went, oh, cool. I'm kind of out of my body for a second. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It happens sometimes and it's awesome. Yeah, it's very exciting. Well, Living Stones Ministries, you may recall they're the ones who try to ungay you. So I'm still on their mailing list and most of their mail actually comes through the physical mail. There are emails, but mostly they send letters in the post office mail. Cool. Who needs trees? And Denise Schick is the woman who runs Living Stones Ministries. I get the impression she's the only person that is Living Stones Ministries. Wow. But she's the one who people may recall her parents, who she grew up with thinking of as her father, came out as a trans woman late in his life, and she never really accepted that. And she started this whole ministry trying to convince people that your gender identity is always in sync with your uh, Mm. sex assigned at birth. She keeps sending these letters that are just sort of heartbreaking, where you can see her own, or maybe I'm projecting this, but I feel like I can see her own inner turmoil on the page, you know, where she's saying like, some people say we're not accepting people as they are, but we're doing the opposite. We're trying to get them to accept themselves as they're. And it's, no, that's not better. I don't know. I just feel like, are you talking to me or are you talking to you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who are you trying to convince here? Right. Finally, I, after reading like dozens of these, there was one that came with a self-addressed envelope hmm. to send notes back or whatever. So I wrote her a little note. I didn't sign it. And I just said like, hey, listen, it sounds like this was really traumatic for you, this experience with your mm-hmm. parent. But mm-hmm. like, you know, maybe just let it go. I think maybe this this is yeah. how your parent was happy. And I don't remember, you know, exactly how I wrote it all, but tried to be really nice. The next letter I got, again, sent presumably to everyone on their mailing list because okay. it wasn't addressed to me and I hadn't signed it, was like, you know, we've been thinking we should update our mailing list. If you're getting this oh. and you don't really want our mailers anymore, please let us know. <laughs> That's my to line. whom it may concern. <laughs> right. Denise has also written a children's book that just came out. It's called 
I'm glad God made me a girl. So apropos of of nothing, I want to encourage everybody to go buy Teresa Thorne's kid's book. Yeah. It feels good to be yourself. That's uh, Teresa co-hosts One Bad Mother on the Maximum Fun Network. She is a delight and has a personal connection to this issue and uh, writes about it really delicately and and sweetly and wrote a great book. That's Uh, awesome. Yeah, so go get that one. And from that same investigation, I think we already uh, cleared the air on this one, but I had mentioned lymph nodes in connection with hormones. Mm -hmm. That is not right. (laughs) (laughs) That's my text message coming in, but also it seems appropriate. Yeah, okay. Anyways, it's the endocrine system that produces your hormones. The lymph nodes filter leaked fluids from your cells and uh, remove infection from them before returning that fluid to the blood. Okay, okay. Everybody's clear on that? You'll remember that in an hour? They're nodding their heads, yep. I got a fun little update about our friend Trevor Heasley. Ah, Trevor Heasley, former Scientologist. That's right, who had listened to our podcast, Mm -hmm. uh, partly in an effort to get us in trouble, and uh, (laughs) ended up getting himself out of Scientology. Uh, He did end up moving to a new place with with his daughter, so he's no longer living in uh, Scientology housing. Is his mom also out of that housing? I would assume so. I I didn't ask him specifically about that, but I I actually ran into him while I was working in the election. Okay. He he showed up at my polling place, and we looked at each other. I was like, Trevor. (laughs) And he's like, oh, you remember me? Of of course. And he was so sweet. He ran, and he went back to his place and got for me a yellow Scientology volunteer jacket oh that's right you showed me this nobody tells scientology that i have this it's so awesome and um and he also uh, brought me a podcast he was working on this was the main update i wanted to share he's been working on a podcast of his own and it's just fun to see him being creative and uh, he he does a great job with uh with the team of others it's called knights of the spooken word and knights k-n-i-g-h-t-s of the spook and word. And it's about kind of haunted Hollywood history. And uh, he has an episode on the Cecil Hotel, on Ghosts of Hollywood Past. Uh, cool. So, yeah, it's brand new. Check it out. Um, Fun. Yeah, I, th- I think it's great. Well, I'm going to listen myself. So you may recall Nathan and his ghost house in Arizona. Yeah. Yeah, our old friend. So I talked to him today and he said, ah, you know, I don't care anymore. You can tell people my name. Ah. So, yeah. So his name's Brandon Estrella. Mm-hmm. He said he hasn't been bothered by ghosts since our visit. Hey, we successfully cleared his house. We de-ghosted a house. Though he did say that one person who came to work on the house told him that his house seemed really creepy. I was like, oh, interesting. Had you told him of the stories? He was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Important context. Yeah, yeah. My response would have been, you're real creepy. Because I'm, I'm mature like that. <laughs> He also has a podcast that he asked me to mention, and so I will. It's called Know This, K-N-O-W-T-H-I-S. Brandon's views are very different from yours and mine. But if you'd like to go listen to it, you certainly could. Please interact nicely with him. And if you think that he's wrong about things, be nice about that. We had some interesting back and forth conversations uh, between ourselves and Chris Shelton and Brandon. He's willing to engage in conversation. That's cool. Mm -hmm. We like that. Definitely. So please be a fiend. Be nice to Brandon. No, 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 no. Hmm? You want to be a friend. But oh. but speaking of fiends, okay. 
Can I tell you about my best fiend? Absolutely. It's Who's your best fiend? This app right here. Oh my gosh. I can't believe how seamlessly we fell into this advertisement. It's not even just one fiend. There's multiple ones. This app is called Best Fiends. Fiends. And it's a free download on all of your favorite online app stores. My favorite app stores. Okay. Uh, TGI Fridays. Nope. Not an app store. Uh, you can get lots of apps there. Uh, Those are appetizers. Oh, okay. an application. We okay. just we just made a connection for Carrie, and guess what? You wouldn't be the only one to download Best Fiends because it has over a hundred million downloads on those various app stores. Oh shit, that's amazing! Though, if I were the only one, that might actually be an extra incentive for me. If I were the first person to play. Oh, that's true. That's true. Well, you'd be joining a movement. Mm. of people who are playing this game, which is a lot of fun. I've been playing it from the couch recently. My son and I have been watching the uh, Vietnam series oh, wow. by Ken Burns. Okay, whoa. Yeah, so... Heavy. Yes, very heavy. I'm learning many new things, but I'm also playing Best Fiends. All right. Does to... that lighten it up for you? That's interesting. I, I feel like a different part of my brain is handling that, but it's a fun part uh, okay. because I'm solving puzzles, I'm collecting new characters, I'm upgrading. Yeah, a lot of fun. and. Nice. I'm on level 861. <laughs> wow, okay. Yeah, I'm moving right along. Footloose and fancy free. Agree. But getting there is half the fun. So if you want to share it with me, you can also download Best Fiends and you can play it from anywhere. doesn't require an active internet connection. That is nice. If you connect it to Facebook, you can see all your buddies on there, see how well they're doing, get surprised that Becca happens to play the game and then be like, I didn't know you played Best Fiends. Becca! But I'm going to send you a gift. Is that a real person you connected with? Someone I know from Camp Quest. Ah, hey Becca. But I got all What's kinds up? I got all kinds of friends on there. You're Becca Fiend. Mm. Becca's Fiendstus. Anyway. That, that worked. And Best Fiends has thousands of levels already with new levels, events, and characters added every month. It's hours of fun. Right at your fingertips, your mm-hmm. fiend-ter tips. Mm-hmm. And that you worked, can, Gary. You that was can even play offline. With over 100 million downloads and tons of five-star reviews, Best Fiends is a must-play. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. Beans! But speaking of good things to do with your time mm-hmm. and your heart, mm-hmm. another thing a person could do is a Jumbotron! A Jumbotron? Somebody has a Jumbotron? Somebody here that someone is me has a Jumbotron to present to thee. Uh, is that why there's the 120-foot screen? Mm-hmm. To- I just bought this. Was this worth it? I mean, it's bright. Yeah. It uh, was $2,000. Oh, wow. And I'm still paying off my student loans. That's actually a good deal for that size screen. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I got it on Craigslist. Well, it looks like, let's see, this one is for Steve, and it's from Hayden. That's right. And Hayden says, that's right. (laughs) I got you a message on OnRack. I am so glad I found someone who I can share so many of my weird interests and hobbies with. I love you more than orcs, rats, and Flat Earth Theory. I'm really proud of all you've done in the past year, and I can't wait until the next time I'm down to visit you. Aww. Aww. wonder if they're in an LDR, a long-distance relationship. Well, I hope it's very soon that they get to be SDR. 
SDR or short distance. Short, oh, or yeah. at okay. least okay. At least CTE. Or okay, uh, I was going to say SFA six feet apart. Oh yeah. What, right. what was yours? Well, close to each other. But oh yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, SFA. I hope they get into an SFA relationship. <laughs> Or would that be a close encounter of the six? I don't know how many sure. kinds are there. There's a lot of kinds. There's out so there. many kinds. There's so many ways to be in contact. I'm Gary Poppy. This is some wisdom. Well, we love you, Stephen Hayden. We hope you're doing well. Oh, speak for yourself. And we have another jumbotron, and this one is for Anne Dimitri from Jane Therio Norman. That's probably right. <laughs> and Jane says, "Hi, Karen Ross. First of all." Always start your Jumbotron with high carry and Ross. <laughs> yes. It's just nice. Uh, no, you don't have to do that. But she said, just wanted to say happy anniversary mm-hmm. to my amazing wife, Anne. As of June 2nd, we will have been together six years. Wow. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for always helping me find the truth in things and supporting me as well as introducing me to this cool podcast. I love you and our pets, Hannah and Mia. Oh, happy anniversary. Anniversary. Okay, a Rhythmia update. Yeah, Rhythmia. How did that go? Oh, How's, my God. Where's that Vice story, Carrie? I re- oh, my God. I refresh the Vice website oh. every five minutes. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. Looking for your story. Vice pretty much fell apart, Ross. Oh. So a lot of legacy media and a lot of online media as well is really, really having trouble. Oof. And my editor left, then the new editor left, then somebody got fired. Just a lot of shit happened. And then the story belongs to Vice. They bought it. So it took a very long time to return the ownership to me. Now Mm -hmm. it is mine again. So I I don't want to say who at this point, given this history so far, another magazine that said they would buy it. If they don't soon, I'm just going to put it out into the world. Okay. Yeah. All right. But this should tell you that Carrie has not forgotten. No, I have not. And that she will make you abundantly aware when the story comes out. Oh, well. It's an exciting story. It is. You need to hear. Yeah, for real. Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins. I just wanted to say, twice now I've been on John Hodgman's Instagram show... Show me your pets. Okay. And in this last casting appearance on the Instagram show, I mentioned Tony Robbins for some reason. And John Hodgman said, oh, you know, I've met Tony Robbins. Oh. And I said, well, tell me more. And he said that they were in an Apple commercial together at one point that he's pretty sure never aired. Interesting. So now I really want to see that. Yeah. Like but recently? or No, no, years ago. Okay. From back in the day when he was regularly doing the... I'm a Mac. Or I think he was the PC. That's right. He was the PC and it was, uh, oh, I can't think of it. Jennifer Aniston's husband. I can picture him. Mr. Face. Ah. Justin. Jason. Yeah, no, I think Let's not look this up and keep looking at each other. Justin. Justin. Guarini. Something with an M. Justin. McElroy. Justin McElroy. That's probably what my brain's trying to give me. Justin. Green. I feel like there's a G in there. We're not going to look this up. And so many of you are Mm. shouting it at us. It's Justin. Justin. (laughs) Long? Just in case. Long? No. Justin Long. Just in time. Yes, no, you're right. You're right. (laughs) Sorry, I was having too much fun. Uh, Yeah, Justin Long. See, we don't need the internet. We don't need to look it up, okay? That's right. We don't externalize all of our memories, says the guy who couldn't remember it. Anyway, about Tony Robbins. Yeah, okay. So 
I what asked, was he, Linux? Um, <laughs> you know, I don't know what the context was for him. Okay. But I asked John what he was like, and he said, very firm grip, shook my hand, and I said, oh, did his palm touch your palm? Because <laughs> it doesn't touch many things. Yeah, and so I explained about the clapping, and he was like, oh, that's very interesting. I, I think he touched my palm. So that's my update on Tony Robbins. Now I'm busy trying to figure out which operating system Tony Robbins is. What's one that's just like super powerful but crashes all the time and you just end up being like, I didn't need this. <laughs> I don't know if that, <laughs> that necessarily matches anything. Okay. Use that one. Okay. All right. <laughs> Healing Room Ministries. We went to Healing Room Ministries in Boston with Jennings Brown. We sure did. For a live episode more than a year ago now. Yeah. Well, I had a fun time with them in person, but I have yeah. not been keeping up with them. What, what's what been going on? Yeah, I just checked in today. So they are still doing healings, but they're via Skype. Okay. They're, so they're at least like following the law of the land. Like, we will heal you, but we're not magical, so stay <laughs> home. The guy who runs that place is very good friends with Dutch Sheets, who is a Trump guy with a crazy name. Wait, Dutch? Dutch Sheets. That's a name? Yeah. He's mentioned in the book I just lent you. Oh, yeah. The, uh... the Cult of Trump. Okay. That's where I learned about Dutch Sheets. <laughs> what is so, going on? Yeah. So anyway, this is a long wind up to say... I think Healing Room Ministries probably has a pretty strong right-wing bent. Mm. And so I would not be surprised they if their defense would be, oh, we're not saying this is necessary. We're just saying we don't want to be fined for this, doing these healings in person. This is a great argument for the government's role in these kinds of oversight proclamations, is that a group like this can at least save face by saying, you oh, know what, we, we have to obey the law. Yeah. Oh, that's true. So good. Checked in with our old friend Jennings. His hand has cleared up. You may remember that it was itching. That was one of the things he had. Them right, because he heal. has so many problems. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> He's like, my hand itches. Uh, sometimes my hand itches. <laughs> oh, great. Aren't you perfect? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love you, Jennings. But yeah, he said that his hand doesn't itch anymore. So I told him that was Healing Room Ministries and you're welcome. Mm -hmm. And then I asked, have you been seeing those visions of death? Oh, right. Yes. He kept seeing visions of death. And he said, no, well, I hadn't been. Now I am. Now I will because you mentioned it. Yeah, he, then he was in that moment. And this has happened twice now where we've wanted to check in. I've asked him and he's been like, well, now I'm. And oh, you've resurfaced yeah. his visions so, of death. Yeah, I've just become the grim reaper of Jennings Brown's life. Why don't you text him every month? and? Uh <laughs> <laughs> Still thinking about dying? Hey. You're uh, not picturing death right now, are you? <laughs> <laughs> and he also, oh boy, yeah, he lives in the Bronx. Maybe this isn't. Well, anyway, uh, he seems to be doing well. <laughs> um, or at least he was. Uh, <laughs> as of this recording. <laughs> so Cal Pierce, he's the founder of Healing Room Ministries. He wrote a blog on April 30th saying that during Passover, the coronavirus began to flatline, which means that it's passing over us and will have no power to destroy us. That's incorrect. So Passover was April 8th to 16th. So I pulled up them stats to see if, uh, let's see. Okay, if it flatlines, we should see these numbers going way, way, way down. That was not the uh, top of the curve. So worldwide on April 16th, end of Passover, the world had seen 145,000 deaths. Oof. Today... The global death count is about 329,000, so oh, doubled man. in roughly a month. 
Okay. So actually the growth rate increased. Okay, whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. Maybe he means the United States. Sure. Coronavirus is passing over the U.S. because we are God's country or whatever. Sure, yeah. Well, on April 16th, the U.S. had seen 33,000 deaths from COVID-19. That was over a two-month period. Mm. Today, the U.S. has seen a total of 73,639 deaths. Close to 90,000 now, aren't we? Oh, are we? Well... <laughs> That was uh, when I last checked the CDC website. Yeah, right now, uh, at least according to the Worldometer, 97,647 in the U.S. Okay, you know, I see that Worldometer and I don't really know what it is, so I went to CDC. So anyway, Um, either it more than doubled or even more than more than doubled. But the terrible thing is now these numbers are so large that most of us know somebody. So we're feeling for all of you out there. And we're recording this on, what is this, May 22nd. 22nd, So so. these numbers are outdated by the time you hear this. But the point being, coronavirus definitely did not pass over us. And sitting there and hoping you'll be saved, probably not a good strategy. Yeah. And, you know, you never want to be in the position of pointing to someone who said the wrong thing too early and saying like, aha, you know, now the deaths are this, you know, we don't want to be exultant at these growing numbers. It's a terrible thing. But it's all the more caution against making these kind of pronouncements early on like, oh, well, it's only, you know, a handful of cases. It's only everyone is doing the math of oh, it's only point zero 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 one two. Well, guess what? It's growing. Take into account the exponential growth. The R naught. How many people you can infect once you have it. You're worth taking very seriously. Healing room ministries. Indeed. So maybe you don't go around hugging people. That is my segue. Ah, to Ama, the hugging saint. Ama. So we gave a few updates on her, I think, that I scrambled for while we were doing our live show in San Francisco about the mystery spot. But just to throw in a couple other notes that we got about Ama, I had read her book and I was talking about her being from a region of India. I think I was pronouncing it Kerala, something like that. Uh, K-E-R-A-L-A. We had a very helpful listener let us know that it's pronounced Kerala. And the language that I love the name of because it was a palindrome, to me it looked like Malayalam, but apparently that's pronounced Malayalam. So now you know. Not as good. They should change it. Yeah. Go with (laughs) mine. Just kidding. You can keep your language name. Uh, Also, we were both kind of thinking this at the time, but neither of us mentioned it, that, you know, in the book it was mentioning that from time to time, Alma, when she was younger, would want to just eat dangerous things, random things, Mm -hmm. things that were not of any nutritious value, like dung or I can't remember if shards of glass. Were, uh, I think so, yeah. Yeah, various things that like, why would anyone eat that? And so many people pointed out that that could be pica. Mm-hmm. Very possible. You'd have to diagnose that uh, yeah. and know more about the case. Who knows how much of that was her, we might say, inventive storytelling. Right. Or the storytelling of the biographer. But yes, that is something to consider when somebody has kind of fixation with eating things that are not edible. And in her case, it's such a weird thing because she, or at least the writers of these stories, would position these tales as like impressive things. Mm -hmm. And it puts us in the awkward position of being like, well... No, I mean, that's not, (laughs) it's probably not good. It probably indicates something going on beneath the surface that you need to deal with. Right. But also now I don't want to, what's the word, like knock you for maybe having a mental health or a nutritive deficiency. Right. Yeah. Pika is very common too, like especially among pregnant women. So Mm. yeah, Mm -hmm. that's one explanation. But if that is the case, 
not a bragging moment. It's a go get an iron supplement moment. Right. Or whatever your doctor tells you to do. Let's talk about Vital Tones. You remember that app? Yes, I do. Those three apps. They cured my pedophilia. No, right. I, that's not true. Knock on wood, not an issue I deal with. But I think that is one thing they said they could. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> we had actually heard from Uyghur Dogan. That's, I guess, how to pronounce his name. But he's the creator of the app. He had listened to our episodes and he was very positive and friendly and gave us little insights into his testing process for creating these apps that were supposed to, with sounds in your ears, address things like uh, cerebral palsy, cerebral palsy, OCD, migraine, a wide variety of things. And one of them was pedophilia. Yeah. And um, I think another was homosexuality. When he wrote us and we kind of pushed back a little bit on, you know, well, how do you support some of these claims of things that you say you can address? He referred us to someone we could talk to who said that it's been helping her ADHD and she was a clairvoyant psychic medium slash Reiki master. Oh, okay. Sounds very uh, reliable there. Also, you asked him to clarify this statement and he, as far as I could see, did not respond. He said they were testing a passive pedophile who is deaf on his left ear who had come asking for help. In four months, we have reached 75 effectivity dealing with thoughts and 50% shutting down his thoughts. We have also been working on his sexual orientation. He is noticing women more and more. Okay. So first of all, putting numbers, conflicting and weird numbers on something that's kind of subjective and hard to measure, the amount of thoughts that you have that you don't want, but then also this conflation with sexual orientation that somehow, uh, you know, sexual orientation for children, yes, that is a problem that needs to be managed, but then treating what sounds like a same-sex attraction as being an issue. Or he might just be saying he's starting to notice women Women more as opposed to children. Oh, okay. In that case, never mind. That would be beneficial for that person. Okay, it looks like he did reply to me. Oh, okay. He didn't reply to you. Got it. What did Um, he say? Okay, so he said... So, yeah, you mentioned that I asked him to clarify, said, are you saying that he's also gay and that you're Uh. attempting to make him heterosexual? I must say, if so, this is more concerning than promising. See, he wrote back. He said, pedophilia is a brain disorder. It can't be compared with homosexuality. There are also enough pedophile sex offenders against female children. Ratio between female and male children is two to one. Homosexuality has a genetic basis. Pedophilia not. Oh, God, no. Homosexuality is not a disorder. This can't be changed. Whoa. He He's saying oh, okay. homosexuality doesn't need adjustment. Got it. Okay. I was, um, I was having a hard time kind of parsing his uh, phrasing there. But okay, yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. So, okay, well, that's good at least. Yeah. Although uh, we've said this before on the show, but the way to talk about pedophilia is such a tricky thing. I don't know if a psychologist would agree that brain disorder is the right thing to call it. I really don't know. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I have so much sympathy for anybody who carries that demon and... That's a bad roll of the dice. Yeah, and of course doesn't act on it, which is a huge burden to bear. If such a person listens to this show, well, you know, I have sympathy for you. Yeah. I think people talk about you like that you're awful for even existing. I don't think that's true. I think you are fighting a brave battle by not acting on that. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. If that's something that you're dealing with, you should be talking with a therapist and not with someone producing tone apps. 
<laughs> agree. Agree. Speaking of which, uh, listener Mark Warner got really excited about that because he recognized the sounds from the app as isochronic tones and uh, said that they're kind of related to binaural beats as well. Right. Which I'm sure we'll be talking about in the future. But with binaural beats, you have two different constant sounds playing in either ear, but they're not matched to each other. And your brain kind of creates these additional sensations kind of from the the combination of them. Whereas with isochronic tones, like we were hearing, involves constant rapid pulsing sound. Both of those get marketed as brainwave entrainment. All right. So that's another thing that we'd looked up while we were recording and we'd seen a different context for entrainment and we thought oh this has nothing to do with it it was more of a kind of a physical phenomenon but martin wiener wrote in he's an assistant professor of psychology at george mason university he said that the entrainment definition that we had found was correct but that one's limited to meteorology entrainment in physics is the interaction between two oscillators such that they match their period It's a phenomenon observed quite often in psychology and neuroscience as well, where human brains do show entrainment to external periodic stimuli such as speech or music. It's a nice little bit of expert knowledge. Yeah, and thank you, Martin Wiener, for saying that in such a polite, helpful way. There was someone else who wrote in about this who was a real jerk. Oh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, but Martin Wiener, I like you. And you get to hear your name, Martin Wiener, whereas (laughs) the other person, I just called you jerk. (laughs) That's right. Okay, numerology. Yeah, so you remember we released our numerology episode. We mentioned the guy's name because we thought, hey, you know, we're going to have a fun follow-up conversation with him. He was kind of excited about being on our podcast. This is all going to be great. Mm -hmm. We're going to make a new friend. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then he heard the episode. He wasn't into it. He was not into it. And oh my goodness, he hounded us. He called me repeatedly on my cell phone. Ended up shouting at him. Oh, yeah. Because he would just not listen And he would just not stop. Yeah. And it just, poor guy, like, he was just distraught about this. Yeah. And so, look, no, all right, let's focus on the future. What can we do? And, oh, my goodness, he just thought that it was just irresponsible for us to talk about numerology. And we just, we got so many important things wrong. And he had all these tiny little points. And they would be things that, at least to me, would not have adjusted much at all to clarify. But clearly we'd thrown him into a tailspin. And so as a concession, I said, okay, well, what we'll do is we'll re-edit this episode. We'll remove your name and we'll post that. So your name is not mentioned anywhere. So we did that and we offered him, you know, we're happy to air any statement you want to make. And he said, well, I need time to work on that. That's fine. But then at the same time, he was saying, well, my family, they're all lawyers, and uh, I think you're going to be hearing from us. Okay, well, that's fine, too, if you want to do that. Just (laughs) Mm -hmm. calm down. Mm -hmm. Anyways, we haven't heard from him again since then. (laughs) And Ross recorded an intro to that episode just saying, like, there may be more from this person. Stay tuned. And then he called me on my cell phone and was like, what's this stay tuned thing? Ross is trying to make it like some dramatic stay tuned. Oh, like, oh, goodness. There is nothing we could say that would please you. Yeah. Your name's not even in it now. He was just in the state where anything you said, he would tear it apart and read into it and every which way he just, you know, wanted to scrutinize and analyze everything. It was, it was but then would not invite the same sort of reflection on him. Right. It was the most awful kind of like like having a breakup with somebody, like a nasty breakup. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Every conversation with him felt like a nasty breakup. Yeah, it was really tough. Anyway. <laughs> Good times. This doesn't happen that often, but it happens sometimes, and I hope he's doing well. 
Yeah, I thought he was delightful uh, at the when time. we met him, and I thought I thought we had a fairly positive reaction to his readings, but I, I, that's not how he saw it. Same when we saw him, he also made a point of saying like, "But thank you for saying I'm handsome." <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> remember right. that. That's right. Because I had said he was handsome in the episode. We did, we didn't mention this. Like we actually went to visit with him because we thought we were having a follow up interview. Yeah. That we had scheduled. Yeah, we're like, oh, what a bench. Oh, and that's right. That's oh my goodness. Now I'm remembering more of this. We had confirmed the time that we we're going to meet him at his place, and he said, "No, no, I never responded to say yes that I had agreed to this time." And then we pointed out in the email, and he said, "Oh." Okay, sorry. Okay, all right, fine. I missed that. But instead, we stayed in his house and had this long, unproductive conversation. Yeah, I like don't know. two and a half hours, yeah. something like that. Oh, it oh, was it was painful, super uncomfortable. And I still feel bad about this. I was the one who's okay. Well, how about this? Here's an olive branch. We bleep out your name, and he was like, "Okay, that's fine." And then you had to spend all night doing it, and I had somewhere to go. Ah, <laughs> Sorry, no, that's, that's fine. <laughs> I I wanted to make him happy. Yeah, and yeah. It, I was all about extending the olive branch too. So. Yo, I know, I know. I just felt bad for like volunteering your time because then he wanted it like that day oh yes you're right away um anyway that went great you're in therapy you've been drinking your pee no oh i (laughs) drink my pee are we not supposed were we supposed to finish that yeah yeah we're done shit i have been drinking my pee every meal oh that explains the uh the glass of not quite water (laughs) just Um, kidding she's got water it's water urine is gross so, <laughs> oh, actually, I have a non-Brother Sage-related urine therapy oh, update. do you? Do you remember back during this investigation, I had watched a video interview with a guy who drank his pee every day, and he said, for a while, I was trying to cycle everything I produced. Oh, yes. But I was going too Ugh. often. I was like, are we talking about eating your poop? We're talking about eating your poop, aren't we? That stayed with me so often that finally just like three four weeks ago i was like i'm gonna find that guy and email him and ask him if he was eating his poop okay as it's i can't let it go it's living inside me i need to know (laughs) so i found the interview found the guy then it took a while to find his email found his email emailed the guy and (laughs) he wrote back let me see if i can find it actually okay so this was february 27th okay said hey dave i listened to an interview you gave about urine therapy You mentioned having done a 30-day urine fast. You also mentioned that at first you tried to, quote, cycle everything your body produced, but this made you go to the bathroom every 15 minutes. I have wondered ever since what this (laughs) meant. Does it mean eating your feces? Thanks, Carrie. (laughs) He wrote back, no, it does not. And I am at a loss to figure out how you arrived at the idea of eating feces from urine therapy. Well, everything your body produces. Mm-hmm. You're already drinking your pee, sir. <laughs> so, but, but he was incensed. Yeah, so I wrote back. I said, oh, hey, Dave, it was this interview, time code, 43 minutes <laughs> in, 44 minutes in, and then quoted it. 
Quote, I did a 30-day urine fast, which, well, no food or water. It was just urine. I tried looping everything I produced, but I ended up like I was going every 15 minutes, unquote. Okay. So well, I said, that makes sense in the light of it just being urine, but still, sure. it does invite that interpretation. Yeah, so I said, I'm not sure I understand what everything I produce means in this context, if not urine and feces, but okay, maybe you meant that you don't drink every bit of urine. You merely saved some and drank it at certain times during the day uh, flushing the rest yeah. is that what it is that's what confused me and he said all the urine i produced okay and i wrote back ah <laughs> <laughs> hey well mystery solved history solved oh okay that worked hey <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So Carrie reached out to Brother Sage, who we had interviewed on our show as a urine therapy practitioner and expert who had written his own book on the topic because he had at some point told us, hey, you should interview me again because I've got an amazing update. And he sent the email to Max Fun headquarters. And then they <laughs> had right. said it says, hey, you, did you guys want this urine therapy news? It's so fun because... <laughs> There are many ways in which our show is not like your normal Max Fun show. <laughs> I think sometimes we keep the Max Fun staff on their toes. <laughs> sure. Huh. We have a guy who drinks his pee. Yeah. Wants to talk to you. Is that all right? <laughs> Every once in a while, I'll get an email from Jesse Thorne that's like, this person wants to be interviewed on Bullseye, but it looks too nuts. Do you want this? <laughs> <laughs> Max Fun uh, handles this like a, a passel of champs. Mm-hmm. Okay, it looks like you read his reply, which I haven't read yet. What'd he say? Okay, yeah, this was one of those things where he kept replying just to me, and then I'd have to oh, right. copy you back in. But yeah, he'd responded to you and said, hey, great to hear from you. My life has been nonstop since I met you guys. Loving the journey. He's talking about all that. How are you both doing? And uh, so I said, oh, yeah, okay, you're doing great. Yeah, but what was that breaking news that you were going <laughs> to share with us again? You know, like that we should interview you about. So he just went off on this thing that's really, it's just kind of marketing fluff saying, hey, we're doing well and the movement <laughs> is strong and we're growing and everybody should be joining us. So it's- Growth is stratospheric. Yeah, right, exactly. So it's very long, but he says, the breaking news in the UT world is the dramatic increase in people worldwide practicing Shivambu, AUT equals auto urine therapy, thanks to the great awakening and purification happening today. Reports of new UT testimonials, discoveries, and research reaches millions daily through social media and the Shivambu Hut. And he just keeps going and going and going. Shivambu being a, another word for urine therapy. Yeah, one that he particularly likes. So I said, well, thanks for sharing the news, copying Carrie back so she can see and read as well. And so he wrote back just to me and said, thanks, Ross. Be a good boy and drink your pee. And did you? No, I was, oh. I was a bad boy and did not drink my pee. <laughs> but yeah, he, he posts regularly on Facebook and I still get updates from the urine therapy movement. My old school chum who had been a, a proponent, oh, yeah. uh, every now and then he'll write me to say, you know, hey, look at X group. Boy, they believe something crazy, don't they? Oh, they, <laughs> Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Everyone's got blinds. How's how's your pee drinking yeah. going? <laughs> Good times. We've got them too. Yep. Yep. So uh, the flat earthers. The Flat Earthers, I still follow pretty closely okay. a variety of them, uh, especially on Twitter. As you might expect, they're kind of having their moment. A lot of the people who believe in Flat Earth tend to believe in conspiracy theory in general. Yeah. So this moment where society has changed quite a bit and where we're being asked to do things by our governments and so on has really coughed them to life for a moment here. And yeah. 
So a lot of them are talking about the Great Awakening and Q and how if you're really completely conscious, you won't follow all this mask nonsense. Aye, aye, aye. I wonder how they square the circle on their man, Trump, who's kind of their best advocate, also creating the Space Force. Yeah, though, you know, when we did the Flat Earther meetup, there were, I mean, there were definitely a lot of pro-Trump people, but there were some people who were like, oh, are you crazy? Like, he's in charge of things. He's in on it. Okay. Yeah, no, no. Fair enough. But I did reach out to Jaron, Jaron Campanella, who I still think is the most open of the Flat Earthers we've talked to. Mm-hmm. I text with him every once in a while and say like, hey, what do you think about X? And he's pretty game to like engage for a little bit. He doesn't want to have a protracted conversation, which actually I appreciate. So he checks in on him. I looked at his YouTube channel and he had just posted a conversation where he and a guest were arguing that masks will actually make you choke on your own carbon dioxide and Nope. Vaccines are unsafe. And so I was like, oh, God damn it, Jared. <sighs> so, uh, but the video was like three and a half hours. So I thought, I, I don't have time to watch this all right now. This was just today. But, you know, maybe I'm getting just like a tiny piece of this and I'm not getting the whole picture. Okay. So I texted Jared and I said like, hey, just found this. Don't really have time to watch all of it. I wondered if you could give me just like a quick summary of your views on the coronavirus and what's going on here. Mm. So he wrote back and he said... Constitutions are written to prevent governments from arbitrarily interfering in citizens' lives and businesses. Governors and health directors who have been imposing closures and regulations have done so illegally. If you are sick, stay home. I don't trust the numbers, and I think fear is the only contagion. Mm. I was at the May 1st California protest, and we'll be at the one tomorrow. Have a good day. Stay healthy. And that includes taking that mask off so you don't get hypoxia. Oh, goodness. Which is like low uh, blood oxygen. Some of that would be fine if it weren't for the problem with coronavirus specifically, where you don't show symptoms right away. So I wrote back and said, wait, why stay home if you're sick if fear is the only contagion? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And he said, because that's how you get better. More to the point, if you want to stay home, stay home. Okay. And I said, why does it help you get better to stay home then if it's not a contagious virus? This is confusing. <laughs> he hasn't replied to that. I mean, on the upside, at least the current situation has distracted my cousin, who now, instead of talking about Flat Earth regularly, is talking about Bill Gates uh, putting <sighs> tracking devices in the market of the beast inside of this vaccine. Bill Gates, are you listening? Or Melinda. Actually, Bill's really cool, but I think Melinda's even cooler. Yeah. Melinda, are you listening? Can we talk? Can we just all sit in a room, be like, Bill, Melinda, this is Kevin. Kevin's freaking out. Yeah. (laughs) Can you explain what your deal is? Okay. So, Bill and Melinda, there have been some policy decisions you guys have made that weren't tippy-top just like any major entity. Sure. Let's talk about those. Cool. We've got that covered. Okay. What are some good things you're doing? Kevin, what are some good things you're doing? Okay. Great. Melinda, give me a call. (laughs) Yeah, Bill and Melinda are doing great work uh, on the whole. I heard him recently on a Stephen Colbert interview, and Bill Gates was saying, you know, we need to do this in the meantime, but as a final solution, we need to. And I'm thinking, no, "No, why did you say that? And Stephen Colbert being sharp as he is, he picked up on that immediately. He said, you made a joke out of it. You might not (laughs) want to use that phrase. 
goodness. That reminds me of two of my favorite filmmakers, the Cristiano brothers. Oh, yes. They make my favorite Christian films. Oh, yes, we've talked mm-hmm. about them. And they are making one right now. I think it's called The Greatest Race. And it's about like a kid in track and field. Aww. And it hasn't been released yet. And I saw the title and I was like, do I write to them and say, hey, like, think about it. <laughs> just look at the title. Yeah. Just, just by like, itself. Just, Forget your project for a second. Just give it a, a moment. <laughs> the greatest race. Oh. Yeah. Oh, no. Hmm. All right. Holotropic breath work. Yeah, so we had tried to go to another event that was being organized by Michael from the Holotropic Breathwork workshop that we went to. One of our favorite investigations. Yeah, it really was. And this event was something different, something we've actually mentioned earlier in this episode, but it was going to be taking place at someone's house. So this is just an interesting follow-up because he recognized our names Mm -hmm. when we signed up. And he gave us the nicest brush off mm-hmm. I've ever received in my life. The kind of brush off that makes you feel good about yourself. Oh, yeah. As you're being dismissed. <laughs> he wrote, oh, hi, Carrie and Ross. I hope you've been well since the Joshua Tree Retreat last year. At the time, I had no idea about who you were or about your podcast. A friend of mine emailed me a couple of months later to tell me that you had done a couple of podcasts on holotropic breathwork and the retreat. I am happy that you had a good experience. The one fact that you might want to edit is that Stan Groff is actually still alive. You said that he had died in the podcast. It is his longtime wife, Christina Groff, who co-created Holotropic Breathwork with him that died a few years back. I see you registered for an event that I am leading with, he lists the guy's name, this Sunday. This event is being held at his home and is for a small group of primarily friends and family to do inner work in a safe, intimate space. Given the nature of the event, and since you have an additional agenda, we're unfortunately not able to have you participate, so I am sending your payments back via PayPal. Blessings, Michael. But then he followed up later to say that he actually really enjoys our show. And he's Aww. he's listened to it. And, you know, it sounded like he was actually a fan and thinks that we're doing valuable work. Good. Uh, yeah. So Love it. Best brush off. Loved it. Best brush off. I also like the sort of unloaded use of the word agenda. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's, yeah. let's, let's bring back agenda as just like some plans. Is that your agenda now? Yeah. To My agenda is to just be like, it's fine. <laughs> agenda's fine. One of my agendas is, of course, to destigmatize the Cars movie <laughs> as a movie that's like fine. It's a C plus movie. It's let, fine. Let me check my agenda. Oh, sorry, it's uh, filled yeah. up right now. <laughs> I uh, recently showed Andrew the movie Doc Hollywood. Oh, right, on which Cars appears to be based. Right, which I would say they have essentially the same plot. Ah, and it was fun, and he enjoyed it because Back to the Future is his favorite movie and that was oh, I didn't know that M- Michael J Fox very much in that same era. I didn't know that was Andrew's favorite oh, movie. In fact, Andrew started a Back to the Future club at his high school. Oh my god, this is going to be so much easier to get Andrew gifts. <laughs> but only his friends showed up just to support him. Aww. So so he gave it up pretty soon afterwards, but I am very proud of Andrew for having created. I that created club. the Smooch Club in elementary school. It was just me and my friend Helen kissing. but she worked for spacex for a long time so i think i probably propelled her yeah yeah good thing you had the smooch club yeah for sure anyway uh forerunner ministries remember them oh right the man child is born in the stars 
the man child. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> there yeah. was this big prophecy that was being fulfilled in the high desert. Yeah, on November 23rd, 2017, I yeah, think. Yeah, a date that shall live in nobody's mind. Actually, September 23rd. That's how much it's going to live <laughs> in our minds. Okay, yes. Yeah. Very so, momentous. Just checked in on them. So you may recall that their main minister, his name is Michael Petro. Yeah. Is the end of the world here? Did we miss it? Um, You know, hard to say because uh, why not talk about these things as vaguely as we can? Cool. But he's still making prophetic videos about how we're in the end times. Okay. But I didn't see any particular mention of something changing three years ago. Okay. But I did write to my friend, the one, well, I'm using friend loosely, but uh, my acquaintance, who Mm -hmm. was the one who first told us about this, and asked how he's doing and said, you know, now such a long time has passed, do you feel like there was a shift that night? Oh, yeah, that's right. You knew this guy from your local city council. Yeah, he has not written back. Oh. But I only sent the email nine hours ago. Oh, hey, okay. So if he writes back, I'll update this update. We'll make a whole episode about his His response. email. <laughs> I hope it's a long one. Contact in the desert? Uh, contact in the desert has been canceled this year. It's Aww. moved to 2021. Yeah, okay. Presumably because of COVID. Also, their Twitter account was suspended for violating Twitter rules. Do we know how? No, I just, I went to look at their Twitter and it said, this account has been suspended for violating our terms of service. Maybe they pissed off Shakuntali. Probably. They're putting up pictures of her trifle, trying to give her free advertising, and she was like, you will not. <laughs> Self-realization fellowship. How are they doing? Actually, I I was very pleased with them. You know, after we did our investigation, we said, you know, if they were running the world, things would be okay. Not perfect, but okay. Yeah, yeah. So they are actively supporting social distancing. Mm -hmm. There is a letter on their site right now from Brother Chidananda, who's the person who took over as kind of the head of that operation. Mm -hmm. And he's encouraging everyone to follow the ordinances. He says... Protect yourself and others by observing the health and hygiene guidelines mandated for your locale. And if social distancing rules create a little extra time in your daily routine, use it gratefully to uplift yourself and all whom you can touch and serve by your right actions. Not literally touch, though. As an outwardly distanced but inwardly united band of souls, let us continue to charge ourselves from the infinite source of strength and inspiration. Very nice. Yeah, yeah. I I think they've set themselves up where their focus isn't so much on the miraculous and it's just on nice, positive things that you can do in your real life. You know, it seems like they're at a position that it takes most religions a couple thousand years to get to. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, it's pretty innocuous. And yeah, I get those little updates and they're always, uh, you know, nice little stories and life lessons. Yeah. So they're cool. They seem pretty cool. Brazzo, by the way, is doing 13 sessions a day of free gazing online. Oh, thank goodness someone is addressing <laughs> addressing the real problems in the world right now. Okay. So if people want to go see them, you can go to brazzo.me. So that's B as in boy, R-A-C-O dot M as in Mickey E. I'm going there. And it does have a disclaimer. It says, please note before gazing the encounters with Brazzo are open for adults 18 years and up and are not a replacement for medical treatment or consultation. 18 and up? So what, it's like just too sexy for the kids? Yeah, I guess. I bet it has something to do with like not even wanna wanting to deal with, you know, making health claims around kids. 
too sexy for this live stream. Too sexy for this live We've stream. lost Ross, everybody. Oh, ended seven hours ago. Ugh. Well, they're free and they'll be back. Oh, this is interesting. It shows how many participants there are from which countries. Oh, that's cool. Guess who's number one? Croatia. No. U.S. is number one, Carrie. Oh, okay. USA. <laughs> yeah. 52 of the participants. Next one is Deutschland. Uh, with 14 in Germany. Uh, five. Alemania. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Uh, five from Austria. Uh, Slovenia, five. Romania, four. Canada, four. Okay, interesting. Well, good to know. Yeah, so if you want to watch that, watch that. I'm not going to stop you. Hey, how about Melissa Scott? Oh, you got some updates on her? Uh, yeah, checked in. Got to check in. So she released a weirdly angry video. Uh, why am I surprised? <laughs> I mean, she's always pissed off. Yeah, but she used to be our most vindictive former subject. That's true. But she released this video where she was really pissed off because some of her followers were criticizing her for being patriotic. So she had released a video some time ago talking about how we should all stand for the flag and basically criticizing Colin Kaepernick and others for kneeling during the national anthem. Oh, yeah, because kneeling is such a sign of disrespect. <laughs> right. That's, you know, that's why the queen is always like, I'm going to chop your head open when you do that. Anyway, after that, I think people probably rightly suspected that she was a lot more right-wing than her husband was. Oh, that's weird, because uh, people got really mad at us when we suggested that there was a right-wing mm-hmm. sentiment at the church. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I couldn't tell if this had happened online or in person. I got kind of the impression we were talking about internet comments. But yeah, she was really mad that some people in her king's house okay, yeah. had criticized her for this and... King's number 5382 is officially banished. (laughs) Right. She didn't name anyone or name anybody's number. (laughs) But she said she's not going to use her pastor platform to give political messages. Only like three times has she ever done that. But oh, now these people are jumping down her throat. But she doesn't want anyone here to be surprised if she does things as a private citizen. And she kept kind of alluding to these like... If you look closely, you'll see that I've done something political on the side. Maybe, or I'm going to. Okay. Yeah. It felt like preface. Anyway, she said, if this is the new America with legislators taking away people's freedoms, then this is not America. So I think she's going to be like protesting the shutdowns or something. Cool, cool. (laughs) Melissa Scott, a real piece of work. (laughs) She really is. But an American piece of work. True. Speaking of farting, Soylent <laughs> is more widely available now. Yeah, that's right. We got in on the ground floor at the founder's house uh, to try Soylent early on. But yeah, it's changed quite a bit. New formula. I'd I'd be glad to try it again. Yeah. Well, yeah. they sell it at 7-Eleven now. Yeah, I think you can get it a lot of places, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay. But I mean, it's just so... Pervasive. It, yeah. yeah. And most of the flavors are vegan now. So uh, I guess kind of that plan worked out. It's become a staple and sort of an expected thing. People know about it. So well done. And uh, most versions are vegan. Yeah. yeah hey. Gladly give it another go. I did once at a work garage sale, I bought a bunch of Soylent from uh, a friend who said, oh, I love it. It's just I bought too much oh, okay. accidentally. So I think that was version three. It was good. Yeah, I really want to try the coffee one. Oh, yeah. I think I had the chocolate and there's one that's, I don't know, like cinnamony or something oh, like that. Oh, they have a chai, I think. Chai, that was it. Yeah, okay. that was good. Oh, good. They nice. were both good. Nice. 
Laughter Yoga's daily calls continue. Oh, and yeah. I think this is a great time to do laughter yoga. And I was going to ask you, Ross. Ross, is it? I'm Ross. Do you want to pick another day sure. for people to call in the Laughter Yoga hotline with well, us? Let's do it. Be cool, everybody. You're just going to laugh along. Enjoy it. Okay, Ross. How about anyone who wants to join can join us on the Laughter Yoga call on June 10th. That's a Wednesday. Yes. At 6 p.m. Pacific. That, that's 1800 military time. That's right. And they can call in to 712-432-3900. But they're going to be prompted for an access code. Exactly. And when that happens, they should probably enter 607-1292-POUND. You got it. And we'll probably put this on our Facebook page or social media. But yeah, 6 p.m. Pacific, join us for Laugh with Jeanette, a.k.a. Juicy Starfruit from Montana. Fun stuff. Laughter yoga really is really good. I'm already looking forward to this. This is going to improve your day. So, uh, you know, play along, have fun, laugh. Uh, we can all hear each other. And hopefully they'll laugh because they'll wonder where everybody came from. Yeah. The last time we did this, you could tell that they were just overwhelmed with the number of people in a good way. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. someone would chime in and everyone would go, oh, <laughs> <laughs> and we got a good like 40 plus. Yeah people on there that was fantastic does it say how long it goes for i think it's 20 minutes okay there we go so be there at six o'clock or be square and i don't we should probably just make it a regular thing but let's do it on the 10th yeah see hear you there yeah and then we'll uh, see what happens and speaking of seeing what happens ah okay that was a good transition thank you (laughs) um we had some predictions at the beginning of 2020 and a couple have panned out or not panned out okay yeah i thought there would be some major good news about malaria or reducing the number of deaths from malaria and there was just a new vaccine that was announced with some promising efficacy it's not widely available yet or on the consumer market because it's not quite as efficacious as they would like for Mm. side effects, but uh, like a very promising new route. I was also reading in that book, I Contain Multitudes, I was Mm -hmm. reading about a successful pilot program that was done with adding a very common uh, bacteria to mosquitoes that essentially just kept them from being able to carry the virus. But but, But it didn't you know, it didn't harm their ability to reproduce. Right. And so then those would be kind of manipulated and then released into the wild. I think I want to say either the scientists were from Australia. Or I think the first experiments were done in Australia. Anyways, now that's being spread around uh, to different locations. Oh, interesting. So take that, Malaria. Yeah, Malaria, if you listen to the show, just unfriend us now. Yeah. We don't even like you. We you don't what? support what you do. I'd rather you not listen to the show, Malaria. Yeah, Malaria. You're awful. Fuck off. But if you need to talk about your views and like maybe if you're willing to change your mind, then I'd like to talk to you. Please email me. I made another prediction. Hasn't panned out yet. I thought the year 2020 uh, would be a great year for the number 27. Mm -hmm. But the year's not over yet. We've got a big election coming. Mm -hmm. You wait for it. 27 is coming. If I had said 19, I would have won already. What's 19? COVID. Oh, sure. Yeah, but we'll see what happens. I'm I'm still holding out for the number 27. I did look up the number 27 in Google News. Yeah, and same it, Yeah, I mean... It was like, oh, 27% of this district have uh, gotten COVID-19 or... And then you have to start asking yourself, like, well, if I were a psychic, could I count this? Maybe? Yeah, essentially, any number is going to give you some results yeah. on the 
news search, but I'm I'm still holding out hope. That is how far flung and reaching our media is now. Mm-hmm. And speaking of, I predicted that a peacock <laughs> would make national news. Now, a few people did write in to say, oh my gosh, NBC is announcing their streaming platform, their OTT called Peacock. Unfortunately, that was actually announced in 2019. So we did we did know about that. So I haven't been counting that. Okay. But on May 11th, 2020, a peacock, a physical animal peacock <laughs> mm-hmm. made national news on the New York Times and CNN because he got out of a zoo in Boston. Mm-hmm. And was just like escaped in some neighborhood and the neighbors were worried. So they called in animal control. And so the cop who was dispatched there was very smart and called up a peacock mating noise on his phone and just stood near the peacock playing this horny peahen noise (laughs) until he came over and then they got him and they brought him back to his home. That was a peafowl. I see. See, okay. So if you make a successful psychic (laughs) prediction about a peacock, does that make you a psychock? It's a pretty good one. It's Thank a you. pretty good one. Thank you. I'll be here all night. And I must say, Max Fun Drive has been delayed, as we all know. But there's a little bit of serendipity around the timing of the peacock finally hitting the news. Yeah. And our enamel pin for Max Fun Drive. I can't say more, but I think you'll all be very pleased. Those are our updates. Those are our corrections. Everything else we've ever said, accurate and up to date. Correct. (laughs) Thank you for uh, joining us for this trip down memory lane slash a look at the, the present. Thanks for the memories. And also, we wanted to let you know about a couple fun projects coming up in case you wanted to use any of your creative energies to help us out. Yeah. So we're just taking on a couple new fun things. One is we're going to be asking listeners to go through our backlog and collect a few data points for us. Every now and then we hear from someone who says, I just listened to your entire back catalog in three weeks. And I go, how'd you do that? (laughs) How is this possible? That is so much content. Well, if you'd like to be part of this effort, uh, one of our very generous and awesome and talented listeners, Amelia Salvaggio, is leading this effort, uh, collecting recruits, people who would like to uh, volunteer to go through uh, a previous episode or two or three or 15 and pull information about things that we mentioned that would belong in show notes, things that we made as predictions or that promises we made and may have forgotten because I said something ridiculous and now we need to do it. So we just want to pull a lot of info about our episodes uh, that could make our uh, various supporting material more useful and helpful to people getting through them. So, um, yeah. So if you want to help with that, we'll be sharing out a link soon on social media, on Twitter, on Facebook. Uh, So keep an eye open for how you can get involved with that. And we will also mention it in a forthcoming episode if you don't have social media. Also, we have been getting a lot of emails lately of two flavors. One is... Vanilla. (laughs) One is, boy, these times are getting me down. Yeah. And I want to be reassured that there is a way to get through to people who have absorbed bad information. Mm -hmm. Maybe I have a... An aunt who's big into QAnon or a parent who's always been into alt-med, but now I'm worried about them because they're not taking COVID very seriously. Things like this. And how do you reach out to those people? And we try our best to answer these things, but of course, every situation is different. And we realize there's this second flavor of email we're getting 
that might help the first. So the second flavor is mm-hmm. people saying, I realized during this time that this show helped me in my journey toward taking evidence more seriously and how that's changed my life or gotten me out of a bad situation. And so that kind of inspired us to say, wait a minute, maybe we should be connecting these two people up. It really means the world to us when we hear from someone that uh, our episodes either gave them courage to leave a bad situation or talk to someone who they felt disconnected with or you know it helped a relationship with a friend or a loved one or or even just it got them through a tough time yeah Uh, that that means a lot so if you'd be willing to record that just you know a, a quick telling of your story and kind of how the show impacted you we'd love for you to send that to us So try to keep it under five if you can, because we want to collect these all in one place in a future episode. But it can be anything, you know, if it's if it's more along the lines of like this helped me talk to my mom about blank. We'd love to hear that, too. And send your audio file to info at onopodcast.com. And be sure that whatever you include on there, you're okay with sharing on this feed. So mm-hmm. if you don't want us to say your name, that's fine. Just don't say it in the file. And uh, and it doesn't need to be perfect audio quality or anything. Like just recording on your phone is great if that's what you've got. Uh, you know, just uh, try to get into a quiet environment that's not too echoey or anything like that. And if you can. If you can. Uh, we'd appreciate that. But if you have a bird sitting on your shoulder all day. We'll hear your bird. It's fine. It's fine. The birds sing and the flowers croon. In the tiki, 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 tiki room. There it is. Carrie knows how to set me up. (laughs) And I know how to hit that tee ball. So uh, please and thank you. Ta-ta. Well, that's it for our show. Our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton. This episode was edited by Victor Figueroa. Our administrative manager is Ian Kramer. You can support this and all our investigations by going to MaximumFun.org forward slash donate. You can like us or follow us on social media. We've got Facebook.com slash OnRec, O-N-R-A-C. We've got Twitter at Ono Podcast. You can also leave us a positive review at iTunes or Overcast or Spotify or wherever it is you listen to our show. That really does help us. That helps other people find us. It helps us look legitimate. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, look at all these people who like them. Mm-hmm. That really helps us. So thank you. Exactly. Also, by the way, if you have a suggestion, people who have successfully migrated from Facebook to something Facebookian but not Facebook... Mm-hmm. I'd like to hear about that. Yeah. Because I fucking hate Facebook. Yeah. They've been pretty awful. Yeah. And remember whether soul be in hell or the ocean of love and mercy, the Mahanta is with it, with soul, as well as with all other souls. The soul only has to recognize this to understand and know this miracle of life. This is in the Sharyatki Sutman, page 105, if you have the individual volumes. And my copy is quite old, so I hope, you know, in case you want to check any of this, you can find it. So my love is with you, and until... We see each other again. I love you. Hi, I'm 
Ben James, host of Minority Corner, which is a podcast that's all about intersectionality. It's hosted by James with a guest host every week. Discussing all sorts of wonderful issues, nerdy and political. Pop culture. Black, queer, feminism. Race, sexuality. News. You're going to learn your history, their self-empowerment, and it's told by what feels like your best friend. Why should someone listen to Minority Corner? Why not? Oh my God, free stuff. There's not free stuff. The listeners of Minority Corner will enjoy some necessary LOLs, but mainly a look at what's happening in our world through a colorful lens. People will get the perspective of marginalized communities. I feel heard. I feel seen. Like you said, you need to understand how to be more proactive in your community, and this is a great way to get started. Join us every Friday on Max Fun or wherever you get your podcast. Minority, Minority Corner. Corner. Because, because together, together, we're the majority. Macho man to the top rope. The flying elbow. The cover. <laughs> We've got a new champion! We're here with Macho Man Randy Savage after his big win to become the new world champion. What are you going to do now, Match? I'm going to go listen to the newest episode of the Tights and Fights podcast, oh yeah. Tell us more about this podcast. It's the podcast of power, too sweet to be sour, funky like a monkey, woke discussions, man, and jokes about wrestlers' fashion choices, myself excluded. I can't wait to listen. Neither can I. You can find it Saturdays on Maximum Fun. Oh, yeah. Dig it. So here's the thing. I know no one really needs another podcast to add to their feed. But let's be real. One One more more won't hurt. hurt. I'm Travell Anderson. And I'm Jared Hill. We're the hosts of a new podcast coming to Maximum Fun called Fanti. Yes, like Rihanna's last album, but with an F. What the hell is a Fanti? Think fan and anti. To be fanti is to be a big fan of something, but also have some challenging or anti feelings toward it. Think about Tyler Perry out here in these streets telling people that he's writing every single script for all of his productions as if they're all amazing. Yeah, no. I'm glad you're making all the money yourself, but like, come on. Or like, we're two black gay men who grew up in the black church. Amen. Love gospel music, but are really challenged by some of the messages. Listen, they say that we're not supposed to be here. We're tackling all of those complex and complicated conversations about the people, places, and things that we love. Even though they may not love us back. Fantize about the nuance you're definitely not getting on your Twitter timeline. From the White House to the Real House Wives. Subscribe to Fantize. That's F-A-N-T-I at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you're gonna love it. I don't trust you. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.